Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. journalists in the world. He kicks ass and chews bubblegum at the same time. He is Shepard Ambellis. And you are listening to the Shepard Ambellis Show. And without further ado, here is your host, Shepard Ambellis. Well, we got a great show planned today because the fifth year it's going to be the fifth anniversary of the Las Vegas shooting. And there's a lot of people that want answers about what happened that night. They want to know what really happened. They want to hear from people that were really there that really witnessed things because they know the officials lied. They know that it likely wasn't a lone wolf, 64 year old gambler named Steven Paddock. They know there was more involved. There was at least more to it. You know, I went through over 1,000 of the 911 calls and I picked out, I cherry picked out anything that was odd. And some of those calls we played on the show a couple times. Um, you know, in those calls, there was. You know, people actually reported the shooters are in helicopters. So that was one thing that seemed to be a common theme that they like hid out of the media. So that's odd. Um, 
I've heard people have heard helicopter sounds. You know, we've all heard there's multiple shooters. There was some of the original people that went on camera in the news. There was clips of them saying, you know, it, I don't think it was one shooter or something like that. But like these clips disappeared. And I don't think anyone's ever going to know exactly what happened. And I mean, you guys know I went through flight data records and stuff. So it's not like I'm a Yahoo on some of this stuff. Um, and I've spent a lot of time, but the real deal is to talk to people that were actually there so we can just get a feel for what actually went on. So we got a very special guest with us today, CPA certified public accountant, Rick Ardito is joining us and he was attending the route 91 harvest music festival on October 1st, 2017, when Jason Aldean took the stage and was playing. And when the gunfire broke out, Rick, it's great to have you back on the show. I haven't spoke with you in a long time. Uh, we're really looking forward to this. I know the fifth anniversary is coming up. Thanks, Shepard, for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Um, first of all, like, how have you been? Um, it's been nearly five years. Um, you know, you first came on my show a while back. I think we've done like several shows and whatnot. And, um, you know, just like all in all, um, how have you held up from all of this and has anything changed? Um, you know, have you changed as a person over the, uh, you know, over the last few years Has anything new developed in your life? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm doing well, um, definitely for a while Rick, there stay after right, the shooting, uh, stay right there. We're going to go to a quick break. Yeah. I forgot. We got We got an earlier break now. Um, but we'll be sure. right back and then we got a long gap. All right. We'll see you in a minute. from the Rained Out Rancast here reminding you to find all your free speech uncensored content right here on ATN.live. That's 24-7 uncensored, unhinged, unfiltered 24-7 on ATN.live. Catch shows like The Cole Report, Shepard and Bellis, weekdays 6 p.m. Central. Every weekday night you can hear Shepard and Bellis live at 6 p.m. Central. Also on Sundays, 7 p.m. Central, you can hear Rantcast Live exclusively on ATN.Live. You can interact with the shows. The call lines are always open. 100% uncensored, 24-7, ATN.Live. This is Aaron Cole from The Cole Report. I do a live show every Saturday at 7 a.m. Central. We're going to be going through all of these crazy topics every week. We're going to do deep dives into money, weather, the, the carbon, the, the planets coming in, the, the volcanoes popping. Anything they're going to try to do to depopulate us, we're going to break this down. And we're going to do it live every Saturday at 7 a.m. Central. So please come join me and let's break this shit down. Thank you. 
This is Bethany Adani from the Shepherd Ambella Show, co-host with Aaron Cole. And I'm here to remind you that you can catch us on Ambella's Talk Network, Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. Central. Again, you can catch us on ATN.Live. Call anytime and show us some love. ATN.Live, the Shepherd Ambellis Show, with Shepherd Ambellis and co-host Bethany Adani, which is myself, and Aaron Cole. Join us. He sometimes wears glasses to see what others don't. In past lives, he was always himself. He doesn't wear Nike, yet he still does it. He's Shepard Ambellis, and you are listening to his show. My co-hosts, Bethany Adani and Aaron Cole are joining us, Rick. They're um, very fascinated about this topic. Um, Rick, we got cut off by that break because we have a new break and it got moved. So um, continue, man. How have you been? I got to unmute you. Here we go. After the shooting. Up. There we go. I'm on now. Okay. Yeah. Sorry <laughs> yeah. about that. It was, it was, thanks, Chep. I'm it having was, a nightmare today. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, for a little bit there after the shooting, it was rough um, for sure. Um, you know, just the your brain does weird things when you go through a traumatic event like that. Um, and so, so for me, it did take a while to get back to normal life. I, I would say uh, it definitely affected my wife worse than it affected me um just on on day-to-day living and and she still sometimes deals with with stuff you know after effects from from that event i i know earlier um, a couple nights ago she told me that she just uh all night she had really bad dreams about about uh active shooters you know so those kinds of things can linger around um for me i i mean we still don't do very many concerts i think i've only really been to one concert since since that night and it was really like a smaller private venue um but but day-to-day life uh, I'm, I'm doing good the, the the really main thing that that came for me out of that because i got very involved in um... no way the the call the call lines just dropped uh-oh oh no shut That's kind of that's kind of crazy. I don't know if we're still on air or not. Um, what he was talking about with the, uh, I mean, I, I can't compare any situation I've had to what he went through. Hey, Aaron. But Aaron, can yeah. you dial a number from your Skype somehow, like behind the scenes? Um, I can try. It's gonna take. A I'll try second. to or enter this as a contact. Try to enter Rick's number as a contact. Um. Okay. Let, Let me, me mute myself. Okay, I sent you that number. Try to enter that as a contact, and then let and then pull it into the call. They uh they don't want this information out because there goes our call line. Remember that the call lines never uh failed. Everything was working perfect with them. We had them 
go in, we tested them. Okay, I no, got that copied. Stuff. Okay. Um, so the enter that are... into to my like search on Skype, I guess. Yeah. Based. Okay. Enter. That's not doing much for me on my end at the moment, but let me try some other stuff. Oh, Are you there, Rick? You know, nothing ever came of it because their investigation was, was probably bogus and wrapped up before it even began. But, um, but what was weird is maybe a year, year and a half after uh, the event, I got this email from a random guy who tracked me down and was like, Hey, you know, I heard your story about this girl and he sent me a bunch of pictures. He's like, do any of these people match the description of that girl that you described? And so I started looking through them and I was like, one of the first ones, I was like, Holy cow, that's her. So um, I was with five other people that night. One of them is, is now deceased, but I showed it. I showed the picture that I thought was the girl to my wife. I was like, do you recognize this person? And I didn't prompt her with like Vegas or anything. She's like, that's the girl that was taunting us. And so then we showed her good friend and she thought the same thing. So it was like, we're pretty sure that, that this random guy who was investigating with one other person, you know, tracked this girl down uh, through a series of like online connections, basically. Um, and yet the FBI never put in any effort to try to figure out who she was, what she was doing, despite the fact that, there's got to be, they had to have driven by hundreds of cameras. Wow. Now, um, part of your first part got cut off because they took down our call lines and I tapped back into them. This was crazy, um, Rick. Um, but, okay, so um, I heard the last part and the audience heard that and then they heard us having technical problems and, and then you I, apparently were like talking to thin air for like a minute but basically there was this, you were saying there was this uh, girl that they reported in the mainstream as taunting people in the crowd and stuff. And uh, this... no, no. Yeah. So go ahead. Hold on. So we actually, so she was, she was taunting people. So she was standing on the floorboard in the passenger side of a dark sedan. Okay. Mm -hmm. And they were driving down Tropicana going about 10 miles an hour. And she was like standing up with her whole torso out of the window, like leaning out of the window and like pointing and taunting the crowd as we're running away. Wow. Now this, so this was after the shooting had already started. Right. Yeah. So this was as we were fleeing down Tropicana and um, I don't know what parts you guys didn't catch, but okay. what was crazy is so after, after we passed Hooters resort, right. There's this huge crowd of people that flooded out of Hooters like there was something going on there. They were all running for their lives, basically. Uh, and they were, there was like mobs of people crossing Tropicana Avenue. That's a busy street in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. And everybody in a car, nobody had any clue what was going on. We had cabs pulling over asking us, like, what, what's going on? Like, what the heck is going on, right? And yet somehow, like this one car, they're driving slowly. Like the girl that was taunting us wasn't driving. So whoever she was with was driving slow, close to the curb so that she could lean out the window and yell at us. Did that's crazy. Did you remember that they, I didn't know if you mentioned this cause we didn't hear this part, but did you remember that they reported her as taunting the crowd, but she was in the concert prior, like maybe like 45 minutes prior uh, to the concert starting or something earlier that day. Right. And that, 
I mean, there, there's a possibility. And we don't know if that's the same person, but it's it's interesting, right? Like it's interesting. Um, now, so what was your exact vibe? You know, you say she's taunting, like, like, was she in like glee or something? Like, was she like, Oh yeah. Like, like this is great. No, she had like a scowl. Like she was like yelling at us. Like she hated everybody. Okay. Right? And she was like pointing with her fingers and like moving her arm. Like, like if you were at a Braves game doing the tomahawk job, right. But like fast and hard, like pointing and yelling at everybody. Wow. 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 Was she saying anything? And welcome to the show. Thank she you for was, joining us. But it was, yeah. Uh, yeah. No problem. She was, but honestly we couldn't understand what she was saying. It was just chaos. It was so loud. Right. Right. That is so like bizarre. And I think that's a key um, element of, of this. Like, I think one day that will get flushed out like a lot more Rick. Um, you know, I know that I don't know what it's like, like reliving this night or whatever, but I almost got in a weird way, like, like, in a uh, almost like a little bit of PTSD from covering this, from listening to the hundreds and hundreds of hours of, um, gunfire and stuff it's weird so um i i was thinking earlier like you know if that affects me even a little bit like um for instance are you okay if we play like a audio clip from the shooting like during the route 91 so people can kind of hear some of the volleys and yeah. stuff. okay yeah I, I, yeah that's no problem i've i've watched I think every video that that exists and and even probably videos that people don't even know exist. Okay, good. Okay. Uh, Aaron, can we play that clip? Because I, you know, a lot of people don't even know about this. It wasn't on their radar. Really. They didn't do deep research. They just listened to a couple reports that got glossed over. And then a lot of people were like, you know, something's going on here. I want to know what happened. Aaron Cole, can we play that clip? It's like two minutes of just like what it sounded like where Rick was uh, at the festival. Absolutely. Here we go, everybody. Buckle up. We got a quick intro on the on the video disclaimer. Good. 
So, um, Rick, does like, what are you thinking right now when you hear that? Like, uh, does, you know, like what was going through your mind just now? Yeah, I was just thinking about kind of our, our experience there. So I obviously haven't told my whole story. It does take a while to go through it all, but we were, um, we were relatively close to the stage when the shooting kicked off and, and, um, what, what was weird is that just maybe 20 seconds, 15, 20 seconds before you, you hear the, the main volleys just start going off. And, and I know there was a few shots fired before then. Um, yeah. I yeah. To the listeners that, to the listeners the that don't know, to the listeners that don't know what Rick's talking about, um, the officials, I don't think they ever admitted this. There was, um, there was like the, the official shooting started at, um, 10 five, but like something like 10 two, there was a couple single shots fired. Um, and so that's what he's talking about. Go ahead, Rick. Yeah. Yeah. So just about, about 15, 20 seconds before the main shots, literally, uh, Shepard, probably 15 yards in front of us, um, somebody had dropped like a little string of, of firecrackers in the crowd. And, um, and I know for a fact, we all saw them, all five of us there saw them and you could even see them flashing on the ground. So this is key. Um, like this, this is key. Crowd- Rick, that's key because for so long, I was like listening to every single person they had on the mainstream news said, you know, it sounded like firecrackers. And I thought, well, that's a little weird. And then, um, I was thinking, you know, could it, could they, could there be firecrackers? Could that be the, uh, sound echoing you know what what's going on here it's so awesome that you um can report back to us that you physically saw these firecrackers yeah and i i saw this this area of the crowd like separate right so they wouldn't be standing right on top of them so my assumption you know since that day has always been kind of that uh perhaps somebody just walked by and and tossed them while everybody's kind of looking up at stage um and then just continued to walk by uh, something like that is is what I assume probably happened. Um, but we could see them flashing on the ground and, and we were, you know, it was um, that third night of the festival was really kind of chill, right? The first two nights, um, the crowd was more compact than that night. Um, but I think just after two solid nights of like festival going, everybody was like chilled out. Um, now when Jason got on stage, it, it got a little bit more compact, but it wasn't like the first two nights. So we were, we were kind of sitting back and, and pretty relaxed. And when that happened, I thought, well, that's, it was just really weird. Cause there was no shenanigans, right? There was nothing weird the other two nights. And so I was already on high alert. Um, and so then, you know, the shooting started shortly after that. And instantly I, I told, cause I was there with my wife, her good friend, and then two other friends of theirs that are, are all females, right? And I told them, get down. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of them had taken their boots off because they're just sore feet of standing there. I said, get your shoes on. We're getting the hell out of here. And there's people going right around us. Like, this is just fireworks. It's not a bit. I'm like, the hell it is. We're getting out of here. Um, and so we're on the ground. And as soon as that first volley stops, uh, we get up and we start to move. And we didn't get... I don't even think we made it all the way off the AstroTurf area. If you've ever seen overhead views of the concert venue, uh, I don't even think we made it all the way off the AstroTurf area trying to get around and through people before the second volley started going off. So we hit the ground again. 
Um, and this is kind of what I'm thinking about when I hear this clip is, is these events that happened. And as, um, as we're on the ground, there's a guy laying in front of me and his feet are close to my head. And, um, all of a sudden he like flinches and kicks me in the top of the head. And I look up and he, he had gotten hit like, um, in his like left shoulder blade or just above it. And, um, and I saw a couple more bullets strike the ground. Did, Rick, like, when you saw these Somebody bullets, Rick, when you have, have you shot guns before and stuff? Oh yeah. I'm, okay. I'm, yes. I'm well versed. Yeah. I think I remember you telling me that. So like when you saw these bullets hit, did, did, did it, like was it coming from like a real high powered rifle or were, were they just piercing rounds like what what was the impression you got you know how like an ak-47 if you fire it at like a hill side it'll really blow up like matter like off the hill but like if you fire like an ar it kind of just like penetrates um maybe like a even a higher powered rifle would because uh, there's a guy that said um he's a hunter and he says, you know, I think it was like a 50 caliber because it was doing damage. What was your, what's your take on the, you know, the, yeah. those rounds that you saw? Right. Yeah. I don't think it was anything that big, Shepard. I wouldn't be surprised if it was 308 or something in that range. But, you know, it's, it's hitting pavement and it's hitting it from an angle. Um, so it's mostly just like, um, like fragmenting and spalling and, and just, just. I like, have a SWAT. Generally, unless you're shooting. I have SWAT saying um, on camera that they know it's 308. So, like, you're probably pretty spot on. So, 308's a rather big yeah. round, especially an automatic like yeah, that. It, yeah, and it's well, and it's a fairly common combat round. So, 308 is also uh, 762 NATO. It's used around the world by military forces. The U.S. Army and 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 and, um, and military uses it in a number of belt-fed machine guns. Um, you know, so there's there. It, it's not an uncommon round by any means. I mean, it's a 30 caliber. You know, it's it would be considered on par with a lot of different hunting rounds. You know, um, so it's it's a fairly big round, but at an at an angle, especially if you're using lead core bullets, they just kind of you know when they hit something that hard, they they don't generally right. like penetrate far unless you're shooting a, a direct 90 degree angle you know okay so this is key that you know you saw people get hit um so you know you know they th there was people getting hit um did do you remember at that point if you think back like really good do you remember like like thinking anything like as you're running like damn this is this is a automatic gun and then you're then do you remember thinking something like well that's no mp5 like that's like a really big one or like you know like what is there anything going through your head how close does it sound do you hear those sweeping sounds do you think there's multiple um shooters like what like do you hear helicopter noises at all do you remember anything like what it, what do you remember yeah so at that point um I hadn't, I hadn't noticed more than one weapon yet. Um, but I do, I'll, I'll get to that point in, in a minute. Um, but it, I could, so initially when I heard the gunfire, I thought it was probably coming from just behind the stage, um, to the right side, if you're looking at the stage. 
And, and then when I, I saw a couple of rounds at the ground, it looked like that the, the point of aim and impact was moving rapidly, right? Because this guy was right in front of me. And then I saw a couple of rounds hit kind of well beyond him. A pretty, you know, it, like probably in, in really quick succession within a second or two, you know? Um, so, so at that point, I, I, I was pretty sure there was someone above us. First of all, I hadn't noticed any helicopters yet. Um, that doesn't mean they weren't there, but it was just intense. You know, um, I, I know on video and, and from other stuff that we, you and I have talked about and just flight tracking that they were in the area for sure. I um, just so, now came across a video that's like, it's smoking gun. Once you know the uh, radar data, I just now got one. I'll send it to you. But uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so so we get up after that volley and we start uh, running. So we're we're going out away from the stage and then we kind of hang a right and there's like an opening in the fence. If you've seen, um, I can't remember what the name of this video is. I have a copy of it on my computer, um, but it it it's a GoPro video that starts kind of from this area that we exited in and people start exiting early. Uh, oh, Raymond the Page with the Raymond off. the Raymond Page yeah, video yeah, yeah, um, yeah. or the yeah. Archangel Studios video maybe. We'll, we got to go to a quick break and then we'll be back. Rick Ardito's our guest. The Las Vegas shooting. Uh, he's breaking it down. He was there. He survived it. Um, we we want to hear his story. We'll, we'll be right back, Rick. This is Aaron Cole from The Cole Report. I do a live show every Saturday at 7 a.m. Central. We're going to be going through all of these crazy topics every week. We're going to do deep dives into money, weather, the the carbon, the the planets coming in, the, the volcanoes popping. Anything they're going to try to do to depopulate us, we're going to break this down. And we're going to do it live every Saturday at 7 a.m. Central. So please come join me and let's break this shit down. Thank you. This is Bethany Adani, co-host of The Shepherd Ann Bella Show, here to personally invite you to a place where freedom of speech actually still exists. ATN.Live, Ambellis Talk Network. Open and expand your heart, mind, soul, and ears with a variety of daily dose truths as you listen to The Shepherd Ann Bella Show with host Shepherd Ann Bellis and my fellow co-host Aaron Cole, Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m. Central, ATN.Live and Bellis Talk Network, where you will also find the Cole Report, the Rained Out Rantcast, along with many others arriving to the network in the near future. ATN.Live and Bellis Talk Network. ATN.Live, spread the word. Hey, Chris with the Rained Out Rantcast here. Letting you know to find all your favorite shows from the Shepherd and Bella show to the Cole Report right here on ATN.Live, including Rantcast Live every Sunday at 8 Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, right here on ATN.Live. Come and check it out. He always skips the first date simply because he can. He once attended a Bilderberg meeting with a camera. His two cents are worth millions. He is Shepard Ambellis, and you are listening to his show.
Rick Ardito is our guest. He's a survivor of the Route 91 Harvest Music Festival massacre that happened in October of 2017 when Jason Aldean was playing on stage there at the concert. Um, I know where you left off, Rick. I want um, to give Bethany and Aaron Cole a chance to ask you a few questions and then I'll set us back on track. Hey, Rick, this is Aaron. Hey, um, I had a quick question for you. Um, when you said when this kind of first started off, somebody dropped like black cats or some firecrackers on the ground. I've been to a couple uh, m- music events and some outside, mostly inside. I've never seen anybody do that. It seems like a perfect setup for something. I know it's hard to say, you know, in that moment when that happened, but did, that seemed pretty unusual for, for you, right? Have you been to any other, you know, music festivals outside like that before and seen that? Uh, yeah, I've been to other other concerts and festivals, and, and no, I'd never seen anything like that. And something that was really um, kind of weird, you know, just especially in hindsight after the fact. So the first two nights when we came into the venue, security was tight, you know, their metal detectors, they were patting people down, checking in, in boots, you mm. know, all that. Right. Um, but on Sunday night, we literally walked right in, we scanned our bracelets. Nobody was manning security. Basically they were, I mean, they were watching, there was a couple of people watching everyone walk in there. They weren't manning the metal detectors. They weren't patting anybody down. It was just literally, we just walked right in. That's so, That's crazy. so bizarre. Some, now, some of the ones that have been outside, like in, What's that, Shepard? Well, one one other thing that ties in with this, Aaron, and through my investigation is people suspect, and there there really was this going on. Now, was it purposeful? I don't know, but it's crazy. Um, it's called it's, signaling. It's there was people in the, there was a vi- there there was video film from the foundation room of the Mandalay Bay down on the crowd when everything was going on and before the shooting broke out about the time the firecracker thing happened uh, the way Rick's describing it there was like a guy with a flashlight or a couple guys like flashing lights like a certain way up toward the Mandalay Bay and it was just a little bit odd so like between those two events that is a little bit strange you know yeah, because I'm usually yeah, I've scared seen to the like. Video you're talking about Shepherd. Yeah. So okay. Yeah. So let's get back on track. Uh, did you exit um, toward the Mandalay Bay Road, or did you exited toward the back, right? It, in toward the dirt parking yeah, lot. Yeah. So we exited. Exactly. Okay. So, so you over there, kind so, of right, right, so, right, where that Raymond Page video. Yeah, the started. video. It wasn't actually Raymond Page. That's on the other side. It's the Archangel Studios video. I think is the one that okay, cap, you, you know, captured all that for people on that go on YouTube for the channel, Archangel Studios. Okay, Rick. Um, so you you, you take us through it, like what you know, you're getting ready to leave, leave the venue. You're trying to get out of it. I guess what what's going on. Yeah, so we, we, we start moving after that second volley and, and before we get out and we're, we're heading to the right there, there's like a big bank of porta potties as we're, that we're moving towards and there's an opening in the fence and the third volley starts and the girls start to get down and I was like, no, just keep running, stay low and keep running um, because I had seen those, those couple of bullet strikes on the ground and I figured laying on the ground is probably not the best thing. Um, so we get out and as we exit, there's, a, there's an L. LVMPD cruiser there, like a Ford Explorer or whatever. And it's got the, the tail hatch open 
and we just kind of stopped behind it because there's like an employee parking lot that we're looking at and the stage is like behind us and to the right and so is mandalay bay just further back and then there's people breaking left down that road i forget what that road is called um and i'm trying to figure out like what's the best way to get out of there and so we stop behind this this suv and and also i i need to point out at that point um, we had got split up into two groups so it was me my wife and her friend mindy and then our other two friends kim and, and casey fortunately stayed together but they got split up from us um and so as we duck behind this cruiser i'm like looking at around and i'm trying to assess is there a threat you know which way do we want to move sort of thing and as we're ducked by behind there that's when i got like the first sense like there's more than one person involved here for sure because we heard like directly to our right like coming um from not the stage area but further out almost in the dirt field um like directly to our right and the stage is behind us we hear this just like three bursts of what sounded like um some kind of pistol caliber automatic right? so um, so anything like so rick there's um some of the 911 calls i played um actually were you know how people think there were shootings all over town they're really quite possibly really was and they covered a lot of them up but you even hear um there's 13 videos where police are even saying was that automatic gunfire and it was like they had it set on three yeah. round bursts and it went like <laughs> did it do kind of like that like 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 a mp5 it wasn't type? it wasn't yeah it, it sounded like something like that like an mp5 like uh mac 10 or 11 um, something with a shorter cyclic rate yeah. than, than a larger right. rifle. Right. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't like, it sounded like it was on three round burst. It okay. Like somebody was controlling their burst because oh, it wasn't wow, like okay. three rounds, three rounds, three rounds. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, there was one up by the, um, I don't know, like uptown, you know, and it was recorded on all these radios and they're like, dang, that was a gunfire, but it was like set. You could tell it was like set now. Um, What's what else is crazy about this is when you exit the venue the way you guys did, and when you say to your right, that's actually to your south, and it's crazy yeah, because it, from it, from from yeah. my investigation, I have radar and visual confirmation of a helicopter that flew out toward that field, but more but like farther than you think to the south, and 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 then literally loop back and it's lower than the mandalay bay building level and and i think that it's doing a, a run and that's when the, like the people on the road started like hearing things too but like you know i don't have proof of that gunfire but look the helicopter's not supposed right. to be there and it's looping around and that's like what's going on at that time do you um remember hearing like loud motor noises or anything weird like right then or or like can you like think back do you um remember anything right, else yeah so this is about the time that i do start to notice helicopters and my wife noticed the helicopters from from like the moment so you notice different things i i was very focused on getting them out of there um but but my wife really really absorbed everything going on around her like the trauma and the sounds and everything like that and i was more so just really trying to assess threats and get out of there but something else that's interesting shepherd is in the initial uh reports from las vegas metro uh, that were eventually released they actually found a magazine i believe a pistol um caliber magazine in that area 
and it was um i think if i'm remembering correctly it still had some rounds in it wow wow and now um another interesting fact is uh joe napoli i interviewed him and in that um I think it was like the Tropicana parking lot that's just, so that would have been to your left and more North, but basically just like a thousand feet from you or, or something like that, or a little more the Tropicana, I believe it was. And in the parking lot, there were, um, rifle shell casings strewn all over, like maybe like seven, six, two or something. Yeah. Um, I think they were five, five, six, five, five, six correctly. And there used to be a video of a guy um, like showing these on video. Yeah. And I, it's not a video, unfortunately, that I saved at the time and I've never been able to find it again. Yeah. And, and then there was a, a woman that lived in that area that confirmed that. So there's multiple, there's like multiple sources that know there was a bunch of shell casings strewn across the parking lot right there. Um, so, you know, that alone is just like pretty wild. Um, you know, it's pretty crazy. Um, so take us through like, like, okay, you, you got out on that street, you heard that gunfire. Like, was it, were you like really scared at this point? Or did you think you're like home free? Like, okay. Like, you know, like it, we're kind of getting away out of here. Like what's going through your head at that point? Right. Um, I, I definitely didn't think we were home free. I can't say that I ever felt necessarily scared. Although, I mean, obviously that's a normal emotion in that situation, Mm -hmm. but I was just very focused. Um, right. I was very focused. See that that's what, that's important that you say that Rick, that's important. It's important that you say you were very focused because I was telling Bethany and Aaron the other day, how the news likes to, um, play down eyewitness reports, you know, anyone that saw helicopters or whatever they seen or multiple shooter, you know, Oh, oh, of course, eyewitnesses are not reliable. This is what they tell people. Um, you, you were so focused anytime I've ever been in any kind of elevated situation, I focus more. I saw, I mean, some people obviously like go into a panic or something, but that's interesting. You say you were highly focused. So, so you're really taking in all these details. Um, okay. Just carry us through it more. Right. So what we did from there is I, I, I didn't want to move left down the street with the mob because there was no cover. Um, it was just a sea of people going down this like alleyway, basically. Um, so we, we went across the street into that employee parking lot um, and we moved low between cars and we ended up behind this like apartment building. And that's kind of where we hang a left and we end up um, sort of by Tropicana, like right by the Tropicana parking lot. And there was other people who had kind of followed us this way. And, and by then, like there's multiple like crowds converging in this one area where we ended up. And, um, and there's like these bushes to get kind of across into the parking lot and then move, move down Tropicana um, Avenue. And so these bushes are like thick, like you wouldn't walk through them normally, but everybody's kind of like pushing their way through them. And there's, two kind of paths that have formed through these bushes. And um, so I pushed the girls through and then I, as I'm going through the path to my left, a girl falls down and the crowd is like trying to trample her. And so I reach oh, wow. down into the bush and I grab her and I pick her up as we're moving through. Wow. So, so lots of stuff we, like that. We um, got a quick break, we, Rick. Uh, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. And then we'll get back to that point. This is so interesting too. And especially to the people that haven't heard any of the details from this day. We'll be right back. 
shopshep.vip, the official store of Shepard and Bellis, where you can find all of Shep's latest and greatest films, music, and merch. Shopshep.vip is your one-stop shopping source for everything. As a pledge of your support, don't forget to purchase a hard copy of Shep's most recent film, Shackled to Silence, or a hand-signed CD of Shep's latest full-length electronic album titled Gangstalker 2.0. Shopshep.vip is your destination. Remember, don't forget, show Shep some love for what he does. Go to shopshep.vip now and place your order now. What are you waiting for? Shopshep.vip. That's shopshep.vip. This is Aaron Cole from The Cole Report. I do a live show every Saturday at 7 a.m. Central. We're going to be going through all of these crazy topics every week. We're going to do deep dives into money, weather, the, the carbon, the, the planets coming in, the, the volcanoes popping. Anything they're going to try to do to depopulate us, we're going to break this down. And we're going to do it live every Saturday at 7 a.m. Central. So please come join me and let's break this shit down. Thank you. Chris from the Rained Out Rantcast here reminding you to find all your free speech uncensored content right here on ATN.live. That's 24-7, uncensored, unhinged, unfiltered, 24-7 on ATN.live. Catch shows like The Cole Report, Shepard and Bellis, weekdays, 6 p.m. Central, every weekday night you can hear Shepard and Bellis live at 6 p.m. Central also on Sundays 7 p.m. Central you can hear Rantcast live exclusively on ATN.live you can interact with the shows the call lines are always open 100% uncensored 24-7 ATN.live On the edge of your seat, stop biting your nails, sit back, strap in, and enjoy the ride. You're listening to The Shepherd and Bella Show. Rick Ardito is our guest, and he's telling his story about the night of 1 October 2017 during the Route 91 Music Festival after the shots kicked off, and he um, already told the whole part where he made it out, if you're just tuning in, he made it out of the venue with the people he was with. Um, there was these crowds converging in this one area by the Tropicana and there's these bushes and you're pushing the, uh, girls you're with through the bushes. Uh, Rick, go ahead. Yep. And so that's when the, the girl to my left falls down and, and the crowd is just there. Everyone's trying to get out of there. So I, I reach down and I pick her up so she's not getting trampled and, and we just kept moving. Um, so we, we moved through that area and we're, we're getting close to Tropicana Avenue here. Um, and we're coming out on the, uh, what is that? The East side of the Hooters resort. And, um, as we, as we're moving through, we're, we're also trying to get a hold of the other two girls that were in our group. And so we finally get them on the phone and we see a billboard and, and they had moved generally the same way we did. 
Um, and so we were able to meet up with them. And it was right as we're, we're kind of coordinating that meetup spot, um, that's when just a mass crowd of people just start flooding out of the doors of Hooters and, and just running down the street, basically. Um, so we're like, you know, we're like, holy crap, what, you know, something's going now, on were they, now. Were so they, so were they we're like, thinking, were they coming like toward you out of the Hooters or were they like running out the back side, like the same direction you're traveling? Like, you know what I mean? Like, which, which, how was that? Yeah. No, they're they're running out of the front doors, like right there where there's like a, a big portico, like where people drop their cars off for ballet and that kind of thing, or drop people off at the front doors of the casino. Um, that's where they're coming out of. So we're looking at this and it's just like a flood of people coming out of the casino and they're just like running for their lives is what it looks like. And they're going all ways, you know, some are coming towards us, some are going across the street, some are going left, um, down closer to towards the strip. So people are just flooding out of there. Can I quickly ask a question? And again, thank you for joining us and, and, you know, for having, you know, just, uh, your, your courage to come on and, and relive this. Cause I'm sure it's not easy. Um, and kudos to your wife as well. We're glad you're safe. I mean, obviously something happened in the Hooters. I mean, the way, I mean, would you say the way they came out of the building? I mean, it was clear to you at that time that something else taken place away from where you were coming from. Yeah. Yeah, so it, at least at a minimum, people think something happened. So I, I have a little bit of insight to Hooters because we actually um, know some other people who were there. We didn't know they were there at the time, but they're um, friends of ours who were there in Hooters at the time. And they ended up sheltering in place, like in a bar or something like that in the Hooters casino area. Um, I don't know for sure if something happened, but at least people think something thought at the time that something happened. Rick, um, they, uh, there's they this thing where you know, like she the, never saw any aftermath of anything. There's this thing where like the officials claim people panic and that caused all these 911 calls and stuff. But Rick, I went, I ended up going through over a thousand of the 911 calls. And then I, I put them in this article and we played some of them on air and it really does appear like it would be like too much that, people hallucinated all this stuff oh, like there's 100%. yeah so like i think that something yeah. did happen maybe you know so i i actually read through that article that you posted last week shepherd when we were driving back from montana and um and i told my wife like i i kind of gave her the highlights of, of that article and i had listened to a lot of the 911 calls but ultimately when you go through that volume of calls of people calling, Hey, there's a shooting here. There's a shooting at the link. There's a shooting at Bellagio. There's, you know, they're saying all these things, glass explosion and glass breaking falling around up. Like there's only two plausible explanations and only one of them really makes the most sense. Plausible explanation. One is that there was a ton of people in on this and they were calling on purpose to cause confusion, right. which is not likely. Right. Right. But it also speaks to if that was if that was the case, it speaks to there was I, a lot more people. I entertain that right? during my investigation a lot. I I entertain that and I listen for people's voice tones. And there was a couple calls that were like I felt like could have been questionable. But yeah, that's interesting you brought that up. Good point. Good point. Good point. And the other possibility is it um, really happened, right? The other the other plausible explanation is that the you know these calls are, are real. They were you know there was really these shootings going on, and and I I spoke with back when this first happened, a guy his um, his name is Jeff and he's a Canadian citizen and he was at the Bellagio, and you guys um, 
are probably familiar, at least Shepard, I know you are familiar. I believe it's Renee Downs is her videos right. and everything from Bellagio and her explanation and, and her testimonies. Um, but he was basically in the same general area that she was and corroborates her whole story. And he was in some of these like Route 91 groups and just the vitriol that he received from so many people of like basically telling him he's lying, he's making it up. He kind of disappeared from this whole scene. Like he doesn't, I haven't talked to him. He doesn't talk to anybody about it because of just the hate that he got from telling people about his experience. You know, and that could be like FBI um, counter intel for all we know. (laughs) My best guess, Rick, is that this was classified as a terror attack and then they that's why they um made the autopsy secret and did all the secretive stuff and started like looking like the sheriff's line and stuff but they basically like doctored up a narrative to hold the lone wolf because it was too much to tell the people that there were shooters all over vegas and helicopters flying around um so they probably just tight-lipped it that's like my best guess if i were to guess like you know, with all the pieces of info I have, um, do you, you know, what's your thoughts on in, in you know, in just your opinion, uh, like what are kind of your thoughts and after you've investigated this and you were there and after everything? Um, yeah, so I, <laughs> I would love to sit down for you for a, a long, with you for a long conversation about kind yeah, of the man. complete picture that I think, but ultimately, um, I, I believe that there was multiple people there. Um, I think what happened ultimately is this event probably kicked off earlier than they wanted it to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so not as many people were involved as they originally planned. And it was disjointed from the kickoff because maybe not everybody was in position. And that's why you have these um, just kind of random, like it reports of like a shooting at Bellagio and some broken glass there, but not much you know, that was a really quick event. And then it was other than the panic, it was kind of over. Wouldn't it be crazy if the person with the firecrackers wasn't in on it and it was some random shit and they thought that was the first gunshots that were supposed to kick it off and someone went early and it like foiled it and it like got it going early or something. Like, I mean, that's, it's just so, um, you know, there's so many possibilities, but you know, that just came to mind just now. Yeah, I mean, there there are a lot of possibilities, but ultimately, um, you know, there, with all the reports, like the 911 calls with, um, you know, you can watch the videos that that I'm sure LVMPD really didn't want to release of them inside the, the suite that Paddock was in and them saying, hey, we've got we've got curtain closed on, on a window that's not broken. They can't find a broken window. They can't find a broken window. They never show a broken window on that video. They never show shell casings all over the floor. Calls. Yep, there's no shell casings they're yeah. tripping over. Smoke's not billowing out from the 1,200 rounds they fired. Right. Yeah. Shepard, should we should there, we tell and, Rick and about then, some of the uh, some of those 911 calls with the the stuff laid in front of it that that one clip? Oh, so Rick, so like so so like I come out and um I do these I went through these calls like years ago and um they i remember it all being like clear cut and hyperlinked and then so like we're playing them on the show um last week and it's like it's like i I re-release this article and i re-release these calls and it's almost like the fbi went right to work the aaron's trying to play these calls and i catch on to this after like four times but it took a while and this would thwart like the average person or like even Aaron was confused by it, but I started realizing that they, they were playing the same call 
on some of them. And then we fast forwarded. It was a call with like a nothing burger in it, like just nothing. But it was like, the, and they put that clip in front of the real clips and they happen to do this on some of these clips that I reported on specifically that were like the ones that I chose out that were like gold that I thought would were like, you know, like they, they might prove something. So, um, it's weird. It's almost like they're going in in and battling this in real time or something like they're still all going on this. I don't know. It sounds crazy, but that's what happened. I thought I was losing my mind uh, I, for the I, longest time. You go, Rick. I Sorry. wouldn't be surprised. So basically what you're saying is, is they took this call that sounded like nothing. They put it in front of the yes. So, of the so yes. Call. So and that when people kind of just click off that call. Yeah. Because when yeah. people go and click on my article, they're like, Shepard's a dumbass. This doesn't fucking have anything. And they won't sit there through that first call. And then it, then it actually goes into the real one. So, um, or fact checkers could say I messed up and it's all fake, you know, who knows? Uh, but it's, yeah, it's bizarre. That's, that's exactly what happened. If I could just jump in and ask one last question um, before we end the show, what are the implications of this? And from your experience, your actual experience of being there and the research you did afterwards, and I'm sure, you know, you've done more and heard uh, different, maybe it's changed through time. What are the implications? And straight up, are you satisfied with the narrative that was given to us as a nation, as a, as, as Americans and, you know, cause this affects us all has big implications here and to you are you happy with the narrative does the narrative did you, what you've come to the conclusion of does it fit the narrative of what we were told or you were told happened yeah, I, I'm not happy with the narrative at all I think it's I think it's bogus and you could see it in real time that night because I, I, we ended up getting on the road that night after we finally got back there, you know, there's more to this, but we finally get back to our room, which was a little bit off the strip, and we pack up and we leave Vegas. Um, and I'm listening to talk radio all the way home on this drive, and I could just hear the story change in real time. Um, and so, you know, they, they started cleaning it up, cleaning it up. But ultimately, no, I, I, I'm not happy with it. I, I think the ultimately the implication is that something much worse um, happened in Las Vegas and for whatever reason um, probably a lot to do with um, protecting their tourism markets we're out of time Rick Ardito well. we gotta get out of here thanks we'll see you later no, no problem Chef. great show thank you thanks for coming on we were lied to thank you Rick we were thank you guys shopshep.vip the official store of Shepard and Bellis, where you can find all of Shep's latest and greatest films, music, and merch. ShopShep.VIP is your one-stop shopping source for everything. As a pledge of your support, don't forget to purchase a hard copy of Shep's most recent film, Shackled to Silence, or a hand-signed CD of Shep's latest full-length electronic album titled Gangstalker 2.0. ShopShep.VIP is your destination. Remember, don't forget, show Shep some love for what he does. Go to shopshep.vip now and place your order now. What are you waiting for? Shopshep.vip. That's shopshep.vip. This is Bethany Adani from the Shepherd Ambellis Show, co-host with Aaron Cole. And I'm here to remind you that you can catch us on Ambellis Talk Network, Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. Central. 
Again, you can catch us on ATN.live. Call anytime and show us some love. ATN.live, The Shepherd Ambellis Show, with Shepherd Ambellis and co-host Bethany Adani, which is myself, and Aaron Cole. Join us. Chris from the Rained Out Rancast here reminding you to find all your free speech uncensored content right here on ATN.live. That's 24-7, uncensored, unhinged, unfiltered, 24-7 on ATN.live. Catch shows like The Cole Report, Shepard and Bellis, weekdays, 6 p.m. Central. Every weekday night, you can hear Shepard and Bellis live at 6 p.m. Central. Also on Sundays, 7 p.m. Central, you can hear Rantcast Live exclusively on ATN.Live. You can interact with the shows. The call lines are always open. 100% uncensored, 24-7, ATN.Live. A-T-N. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.